Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch. But just a notch. Because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello, welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name's Tom Marvin. I'm Senior Technical Editor here at BikeRadar.com and MBUK Magazine. Joining me on the podcast today is our whole mountain bike tech team. First up, we've got Rob Weaver. He is our senior... No, he's not. He's our technical editor-in-chief, and I do that every time. <laughs> you you need to listen to the one that comes out today where we joke about this. <laughs> <laughs> no. He is the old man. He is the old man of the group. The most <laughs> senior. <laughs> uh, we also have Al Evans. He's another senior technical editor at Bike Radar. Uh, and we have Luke Marshall, our tech writer. How are you all getting on, guys? Good, thanks, Tom. Yeah, all well. Thanks you, Tom. Yeah, good, thank you. Excellent stuff. Al, what have you been up to recently? Um, I have been doing a lot of testing um, there's some unreleased products and I've uh, been trying to put in as many many miles as possible in on those um, plus bike of the year uh, which is taking up quite a significant portion of uh, of my time as well so all, all of the work I've been doing is taking up a significant portion of my time sounds great you're you're doing e-bikes aren't you Al so you're not really working very hard yeah no it's pretty <laughs> pretty chill really yeah it's nothing yeah Good stuff. And uh, Rob, I think you are working quite hard because you haven't got e-bikes at the moment, have you? I don't. I have the enduro bikes, but um, it's been wicked. Really enjoying it. Yeah. Some interesting bikes got in the the test this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. A bit different to last year, which has been really fun. Okay. Uh, And then pretty much straight after this, I need to get in the van and then uh, go and pay a visit to some people to learn about the products that Al's already got. Ooh, mystery, mystery. Ooh. <laughs> quite a long drive this afternoon then yes good good that's um, right you can listen to the uh, bike radar podcast 
the one that we did i'm not sure i can bear it <laughs> <laughs> and how about you look what are you up to uh, well, last week I haven't been up to as much as I'd hoped. I uh, unfortunately got struck down with my first bout of COVID. Yeah. It finally came knocking at the door. But um, but yeah, better now. A few days of feeling a bit rough, but uh, but that's passed and now back on it. So um, helmets group test lined up to do. So getting on with that. There's nine trail trail helmets to um, track on with. That's going to be coming out in MBUK soon. And uh, long travel, mixed wheel, enduro bike park bikes test on the go. So. Just uh, start writing that up soon. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. And what about you, Tom? You did some sort of uh, crazy adventure over the weekend, didn't you? I had a little adventure. I, uh, For reasons that will become apparent in MBUK 419, I took Greg Williamson, which is uh, Madison Saracen's latest signing, um, up Snowden uh, in the dark at night. Mm. Um, yeah. I was going to say, to romance. Sounds <laughs> like a rubbish <laughs> first date. <laughs> <laughs> it was his initiation process into the team. No, we're, we're, we're doing a feature with Saracen in MBUK. Um, we're doing a number of features actually over, over the next sort of, over the next year, I think, um, with uh, Saracen Bikes uh, and some of the Saracen team and doing various little bits and pieces. So this was adventure number one. Let's ride Snowden at night with a downhill mountain bike racer. It was really, it was really fun. Greg's a great guy. He's, um, he was hilarious. I had a really good time with him. Um so yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. There may well be a podcast with Greg Williamson coming up because we're we're going to try and record one in the next few weeks as well. So look out for that on the channel. Nice, nice. Very uh, cool. What was uh, what was the highlight from Snowden at night? Was it getting home to the to the hotel? <laughs> I had a re- honestly in uh, Lamberis, There's a really good Indian. Um, had a lovely curry at the end. Uh, now the, the highlight we did we rode up um, Lamberis Path, which is like the big wide tourist one, and then we rode down Rangers. Um, and Rangers is great. Um, it was really good fun. Higher up, it was uh, three degrees and blowing at 40 mile an hour winds. So it was very cold and we couldn't see anything because it was uh, in the clouds. <laughs> uh, but once we dropped into a bit of shelter, it was actually really nice riding, like really good fun. So yeah, I had a good time. It was an experience. Nice. Cool. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to steal your segue here, Tom. Um, I don't know why, <laughs> but I just felt like it. Uh was there anything on your uh, was there anything on your ride that you know you were like looking at your bike or your kit or whatever and you were like oh damn i wish that bike manufacturer or kit manufacturer hadn't done that Whoa. oh that's annoying do you know what looking at our list of things that i know we're going to talk about not a single one <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> saracen got it right i made a couple of tweaks to the bike but saracen got it right Good. Oh, hold on. I think there's one, isn't uh, there, Tom? I'm pretty sure there's one. That, no, because I, I changed it. <laughs> uh, oh, but, originally, uh, okay, yes, originally. one really would get Al's back up a little bit, yeah. Oh, right, okay, good. Well, I know exactly what you're talking about, but our <laughs> listeners don't. Uh, what is today's podcast, Al? What are we talking about? Uh, so have I st- I've stolen the show now, You've basically. stolen my thunder. Um, so it's, it's basically mountain bike tech trends that we could just really do without like ones that that kind of grind our gears get us worked up into a state of hysteria um trailside tantrums uh big strops and toys getting thrown out the cot Uh, i don't know if i'm just speaking for myself (laughs) maybe maybe things that we just wouldn't spend our own money on yeah there you go yeah (laughs) <laughs> this is why I'm not hosting it. This is why it's Tom. Tom is the uh, official <laughs> arbitrator rather than me. 
good stuff. So it's all those bits and pieces that maybe uh, maybe people go and buy or maybe they don't realise, but are on bikes quite often. And then we actually think, oh, I'd be better if they did things differently, right? Yeah. Lovely stuff. Well, um, well, should we start with you then, Al? Yeah, let's start with you. Okay. Well, so f- for me, like there's a... There's a real there's a real theme here of things, um, and it, it's based around the the nice air filled rubbery circles that we attach to our bikes that give us grip, pleasure, ultimate joy. Um, and I get so unbelievably frustrated when I get a puncture. It's something that um, you know is is like probably up there with um, maybe getting a piece of metal in my eye or something something along those lines equally as as frustrating uh, and, and what what i've found out recently is that well not recently actually i've known it forever um <laughs> is that a lot of bike manufacturers tend to spec lightweight casing tires on hard riding bikes and you know this is maybe for quite a few reasons one of them being to save weight you know so the headline catalog figure is quite a bit lower than it should be um, you know, just imagine the scenario, you're hammering down your favourite trail, you've got the best bike ever that you've ever ridden, incredible geometry, amazing suspension, and you know, you're, you're like, everything is going right, and you feel like a hero, there's Sam Hill vibes coming up in you, you're drifting, you hit a stone, your tyre pops. Why has your tyre popped? Well, it's because it's made of toilet paper, single-ply toilet paper, that you basically get in service stations, and that is, you know... Yeah, oh god, well, terrible. Do you remember terrible. that? <laughs> and some work. No, that was all right. It's all the paper in our office. It's all don't right, you, isn't it? Absolutely. But don't get me wrong. If I owned a building and or a business, number one thing to keep employees happy and more efficient. Andrex. Good Lou Roll. More uh, cleaner as well. Almost certainly not... more more hygiene. <laughs> Uh, I, I know we're already getting off a tangent here, but I was listening to a radio show a little while back, and they were talking about. Um, the toilet paper testers in the world and this is an actual genuine job and they were talking about like the minimum amount of plies or thickness that they can have before there is toilet paper penetration during um you know your day-to-day uh, toilet-based activities um, and they actually have people test how thin the paper can be before there is oh, uh, no. <laughs> um what, what should we say material transferring from one side of the paper to the other. <laughs> oh, God. So for, for me, that, that's kind of how I feel about um, really lightweight casing tyres. Um, and you see it a lot on e-bikes, uh, which, you know, unsurprisingly at the moment, testing a lot of e-bikes. Um, and, you know, they're like running like trail casing tyres. And you're like, why on earth have you put this on a 26 kilo bike? You know, that's just how much the bike weighs, which is a good 10 to 11 kilos more than what you'd expect a trail bike away uh and you just get punctures left right and center you know and tires are expensive as well and in my opinion the, the owners should really be on the brands to spec the right tire for the bike's intended use um what are or, the right always tires downhill are? casing <laughs> yeah m- m- <laughs> m- moped tires please <laughs> on every bike uh i mean it, you know it i think it, if in doubt go for a heavier casing tire because it has a universal benefit for the people that need those tires because they're ripping them off rims or puncturing or whatever, you know, they're going to have the support, the stability, the, you know, all, all the things that they're looking. But for beginners, it means that they can run lower pressures um, and they can have more grip and they're not experiencing that tire roll. Um, 
And, you know, I, I just see it as a win-win. Don't, don't put light casing tyres on your bikes. Uh, Rob, when we were riding the other day, I think we both have experience of uh, max grip, double down, guys front and rear on our bikes. And I, I'm sure Al would be mm. all over that tyre combo on one of his test bikes. But if you were a beginner and you jumped on a bike with that combo, you, you wouldn't leave the car park because you'd be so tired. <laughs> <laughs> Because they roll, there's got to be that balance, yeah. right? There's got to be a bit of balance. Definitely. And, and the balance I'd go for is a the, Max Terra yeah. compound rear, but keep that double down. Keep that double down casing or, D, or DH casing if you're a true hero. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I suppose it's Yeah, sure. And, bike, you know, right? and, and there's definitely, there's always caveats, you know, if it's a cross country race bike or. You know, even a downcountry bike and you're like, okay, well, speed is, you know, pretty important and having, you know, low weight is conducive to speed. So, you know, okay, you're going to make some sacrifices there. Um, but on trail bikes and above, just spec that that tougher carcass. Spec it. Do it. You know. What about what about your back when you're lifting it into the car? Don't you want that? Uh, no, sorry. I've, I've been there. Uh, I've been no? doing loads of bicep curls with all the e-bikes. So we're, we're all right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what about spending 60 quid and putting some inserts in those lighter tires that come on the bike? Mm. They're not going to stop your tires getting ripped, pal. Inserts. Uh -uh. <laughs> Shot down. Never had a puncture. Blimey. There you go. Well, you know what's happening tomorrow when you go testing? 15 punctures. I won't have a puncture. No, it'll be fine. Oh, uh, well, we'll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean I, I, inserts yeah to an extent they'll, they'll protect against pinch flats and they will give you some of that stability definitely agreed but they're not protecting against rips and tears they that's just not what they do so um I, i'm out you know dragon's den not for me mate i'm not investing in your inserts we are oh god it i hate it so strongly mate he hasn't no, even no, got no, high yeah, pitched that, yet. That's because we know what we're talking I mean, about. High pitched <laughs> is when we don't have a clue. <laughs> uh, that, that was an in-joke for everyone who needs to listen oh to the podcast that comes out on Monday the 13th of February. Then you'll understand. Uh, good Could old in-jokes, eh? So, yeah, there Sorry, you go. Everyone. Anyway, that's that's my uh, pretty major, major complaint is uh, spec decent tyres on your bikes. It's, it's simple. It's easy. Uh, if you're looking to upgrade your bike to a set of decent tyres, um, specialised grid gravity tyres, 55 quid a tyre, which is an absolute bargain at the moment, given how much tyres usually cost. Uh, I actually bought four pairs of these from my own money from specialised website for 55 quid each. And brilliant. T9 compound, loads of grip, super tough casing, not puncturing, loads of stability, run lower pressures. It's a big hands up, thumbs up for me. Nice. A good bit of a uh, consumer... Is that butcher? Consumer advice. Yeah, yeah, is it butcher? Uh, I've got uh, hillbillies. I just bought four hillbillies running front and back. Spike tyres. Thanks very much. Spike spike tyres in the Tweed Valley. Is that is that a thing? It's quite yeah, a hard pack. It's quite rocky. Quite. Yeah, just deal with it. We're <laughs> 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 getting a lot of insights into Al's uh, Al's world of bike yeah. setup. Yeah, Things angry, morning. angry setup this morning. Very angry. I definitely think Monday morning was a great time for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's me. I'm done. I'm out. I'm, I've I've spilt my spilt my guts. You've that's spilt it. your beans. Yeah, he's gonna have a little lie yeah, down. 
Luke, how about you? What's your uh, what's your little uh, maybe not quite as angry as Al gets, but what gets you all riled up? Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like, this is coming from a bike test I did a while ago, but it's a bit across the board, across the board. When brands put more emphasis on specking higher, dri- higher spec drive chains. Oh, I can't speak this morning, Mondays. Higher spec drive trains than brakes. I think on a bike, brakes are one of the most valuable and important components. And I think bikes should come with higher spec brakes and more powerful brakes and bigger rotors than having any fancy rear mech or flashy pair of cranks on there. Like... I think all the riding that we enjoy most is probably gravity-based as such. So even though, Tom, you might be more cross-country-based and you enjoy the pedal, like the best parts of that ride will be the fun, flowy parts on the way down, mm. I'm sure. Yeah. And so what's important there? You know, good geometry, suspension that works well, cockpit setup that's comfortable and safe to use, and good brakes. Once you're rolling down the hill, the tires as well, and Look, good tires, of course. Nice I'm all right. <laughs> I haven't punched in years. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> Too smooth, mate. But, Too um, smooth. Yeah, I don't go fast enough as you are. Um, and then brakes is the other one. It's like once you're flowing down the hill, it doesn't really matter how good your rear derailleur is or how shiny your cassette is, if you know. But it's not going to improve your confidence on a bike. But having powerful brakes that work and work consistently are going to really improve your experience in that that it's going to build your confidence. It's going to help you learn. You know, it's uh, there. I think as a, I don't know if it's like the brand's fault or it's our fault or consumers maybe should get more excited about choosing the bike with the best brakes on it rather than, Oh, that's got an XT cassette on it. Or that's got a, this or that. So I think it's, um, I think gears have been for a long time overrated in, in the bling of a bike and it should be we should be more focused on on brakes rather than drive chains or other parts of the bike that's my uh, that's my rant as, as timely as well i, I tested uh, santa cruz's 5010 recently reviews on uh, biteradar.com at the moment and uh the rear brake rotor is 180 mil 180 mil disc out on sram's uh, guide g2 brakes oh. and it's it's just not enough it's just not enough like it's not enough no i'm just going to keep saying the same words it's not enough 
overheats. Now that combination is a uh, uh, is probably the worst combination out there. Now there are a lot like there are some really good. Oh, there! I can, I can hear the strap helicopter coming for the missiles are firing. The F thirty five attack jets coming <laughs> straight from Schweinfurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Did some really good breaks actually last year i chose to spec my break but that combination is just not up to the task yeah that 180 mil rater wasn't doing much yeah you know i have just ordered some bigger rotors for some test bikes just because they are just mm. a bit undergunned it's yeah simple as that if you have the option of going especially on like an enduro bike which obviously is what i'm spending most of my time on at the minute why would you put a 180 mil rotor yeah. on an enduro bike? I want the easiest time possible stopping, the least amount of effort through my hands. I want everything to be as comfortable as possible. So big rotors, please. Yeah. Thank you. It inspires so much more confidence having brakes that you can trust and you're not dragging down the hill. Like, And it means I scream less. Yeah, it means you scream less, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a problem we're going riding with Robin is the screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's definitely there's definitely cost effective ways of uh, achieving your brake upgrade. Um, Shimano's uh, Dior M6120, I think they're called, which are the four piston um, Dior brakes, or even the non series. So you know they're not called Dior XT SLX whatever uh, M. 420s, I think they are, which are the four-piston um, calipers. Immense amount of power, huge amount of stopping power. Um, so you don't need to spend a fortune to get access to that amount of, you know, braking awesomeness. Yeah, it's good. And like some of those, uh, the cheaper brakes you get on more mid-range bikes, and they've got like um, uh, like organic pad-only rotors, if you know what I mean. And in the winter, you just can't get the power mm. on a wet, sloppy bike ride from an organic pad. You just you don't get that bite, and uh, and so yeah, if you can upgrade your rotor, like you don't have to change the brake necessarily. You can if you get a bigger rotor with an adapter, and maybe go on to like Superstar components or Uber bikes. You don't have to buy a brake disc, uh, yeah, like a disc pad from the manufacturer. There's plenty of disc pads out there that you can get quite cheap that uh, would improve the braking as well. So. But yeah, brakes are my are my moan. I wish, I wish bikes all had stronger brakes on them. I remember uh, everyone back in the day uh, when we used to ride all disciplines of cycling on a single bike. Trials being one of them, we used to tar our rims with uh, just a, a block of tar, basically, um, for the Magura Magura uh, hydraulic hydraulic rim brakes. HS thirty three. Have a bit of extra bite. That was good. That was always exciting. One of my little bugbears, which ties into a little bit of this, is you get it with um, shifters. And companies will spec like a Dior or an SLX shifter with an XT rear mech and all that sort of stuff. Where like it's it's, it's as much about like prioritizing where performance matters most. Like so, the XT shifter is by far and away a massive step up in performance from the SLX one. Mm. And yet, you quite often get like an expensive looking bit of jewelry on the back of the bike that's only going to get hit off a rock anyway. So I've got a test bike at the moment where it's like, an, a, I think it's an SLX shifter, an XT cassette and a non-Shimano, uh, sorry, an XT mech and a non-Shimano cassette. And I'm like, give me the Dior cassette, give me a Dior rear mech, but give me an XT shifter. And the performance would be by far and away better than it is or at the moment. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the the difference in feel between an SLX and an XT shifter is it's Nine crazy. Day. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few brands out there. I think Bird, for example, they will they spec an XT shifter as a minimum on pretty much every bike just because of that performance. Um, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure they do. Sort of thing. The other thing that really gets me is when you get like a a Shimano shifter and a SRAM brake or vice versa on those cheaper bikes. And it's quite often actually like a Shimano brake lever with the short lever and then a SRAM SX or NX shifter with a really broad lever clamp. And I cannot, I cannot get that combination to work. And I'm like, which, which product manager has ridden this setup? Because none, none of them will have zero, they've got zero huge product thumbs, managers. <laughs> huge thumbs or tiny thumbs, one of the two. It, blow, it blows my mind. Yeah. Add in a dropper post lever and an e-bike controller Ugh. And uh, all hell is breaking loose mm. on those handlebars. <laughs> Terrible. Well, well done, Luke. Is that your one done, Tom? Is that or have you got different? Scum? Yeah, I'm in a rush. Uh, no, <laughs> 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 no, it's, that's not that's not my little uh, my little bugbear. Is um, that's just extra. That's just that's just an extra little bit of annoyance that's <laughs> creeped in. This why I've been that's triggered this morning yeah. by you, Luke. <laughs> HR HR's coming. <laughs> no, my um, the, well, so my little thing is more of like not a tech trend, but a thing that I that would just put, I just wouldn't spend my money on. But I'd, I just wouldn't spend my money on a carbon bike. Full stop. I think most brands now are offering, well, a lot of brands are offering aluminium and carbon versions of their sort of popular trail bikes. So take the Fuel, for example, the Trek Fuel EX. Um, that comes in both carbon and alloy versions. And I just don't think I could ever bring myself to buy the carbon version. Because for me, the, the carbon, is, it's nice to have, right? You get lovely smooth lines. You get like fancy lunch boxes in your down tube, although obviously you can get that on aluminium bikes as well now. You might save what five hundred or a thousand grams in weight, but for the extra what a thousand pound, two thousand pound, three thousand pounds, I just can't. No one's ever convinced me that it's better to have an uh, to have a carbon frame than an aluminium one. I tell you what would be really interesting would be to get you on identically spec bikes, uh, identical, but one mm. with a carbon frame, one with an alloy frame, and to see if we can flip <coughs> that on its head or not. I think I mean, it, it would be interesting, but. My sort of take on that is that you might notice the difference if you back-to-back -back tested it, right? Mm. And if you really like drill down into the minutiae detail of the ride, right? But if you jump on an alloy bike, you're not instantly thinking, oh, I wish I was on the carbon one because it rides 10 times better. You just never think that, right? And in isolation, you're never going to notice those little tiny differences that a carbon frame potentially, but potentially not, is going to give you. Well, what might be a really interesting thing to do would be to take two bikes mm. priced exactly the same one with aluminium frame one with a carbon frame the chances are that the alloy frame is going to have a exactly. much nicer spec right ride those back to back then you know then talk about the differences you're right you might you might be able to if you had equally spec bikes drill down and work out what feels better worse between the two but if you were to approach it like mm. any other consumer who were going onto a shop floor and looking to buy. So I'm not sure if Trek still do it, but they did for a while do, you know, the equivalent frames, essentially carbon alloy at the same sort of price and the spec difference. I think it's when you get to that, you, you get to the jump where like the, the top end alloy 
is sort of the same cost as like the the, the entry level carbon one sort of thing. You know, obviously uh, quite a few brands will do that, and, and they yeah. say that the diff- well the difference in spec is huge at that point. Um, and for me, it's just. Do you think then that has a, a substantial knock on on performance then? So if you had the 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 alloy bike mm. with a higher spec versus the carbon frame bike with a lower spec. Do you think it's going to be the other one that's going to out? Because we're going through all those things, you know, we're talking about the brakes, we're talking about suspension, we're talking about the wheels, the drivetrain, the tyres, all of these things that probably contribute probably more than the actual frame material does to the ride quality. And they're all going to be better on that aluminium frame. What about when you're wheeling it into the back of your uh, Volkswagen uh, van of choice in the trail centre <laughs> car park and you've got bragging rights because you've got the carbon frame yeah don't, don't get me wrong like I love a carbon you know, there's nothing wrong with a carbon bike like they're beautiful they can be beautiful things you know all this I say like the smooth lines and all the extra curves and all that sort of stuff and like if you've got the money to sort of drop a lot of money on a high spec bike then by all means go and do it and you know I love riding a carbon frame that you know or a carbon bike that's costing seven eight nine grand but if it was my own money, like I wouldn't be spending that much money on a bike. I'd be spending three or four grand. And at that point, it's it's just not it's just not worth it. And I guess maybe some some manufacturers would turn around and argue, well, with the the carbon fiber material, we're able to tune the ride qualities uh, better mm-hmm. and more easily than you know an alloy bike. Um, so you know you're getting what is essentially a more refined experience. And okay, you might not notice unless you back to backed it. But maybe you would notice out on the trail in terms of, oh, that feels comfortable or flipping neck, you know, my power delivery is insane or blimey, I've got loads of grip here. Um, you know, and there's definitely an element of that as well. Yep, absolutely. And you may, they may, as I said, there may well be some performance benefits to a carbon frame if it's been done right. Hmm. Could but be the complete flip side, right? It could be that the carbon frames heinously rigid <clears throat> and feels horrible compared to the alloy version. There's nothing wrong with alloy bikes. I was going to say maybe it might be that it's um, magnified potentially on shorter travel bikes. When you've got a lot of suspension, maybe you get, I, I don't know, maybe there's a bit less feel through there because it's masked by bigger, heavier yeah, tires. Yeah, definitely potentially not. Are, if you have your way. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and, and a lot more suspension travel. So maybe that feeling is mm-hmm. muted somewhat, potentially. But maybe on a short travel bike or a hardtail, maybe the benefits of a carbon bike potentially outweigh those of an alloy yeah certainly if you're looking for that weight saving but i would always go back to that spec thing and as you said if you can save cost on the frame and get better brakes suspension tires all of those things i would argue that that's going to give you a larger benefit on the trail 100 percent. so yeah that's kind of my little hot take i'm not into it (laughs) ditch carbon ditch carbon for tom does that carry over onto your like xc bike or your gravel bike or road bike no there's i think there's some differences there like i'd say when you're getting towards the lighter end of this of the spectrum i think those weight savings start to make become more and more important but if i was looking at like say a two thousand pound road bike i would still go for an alloy one with like a, a 105 spec maybe then a carbon one with a a sora spec for for argument's sake I think the, the 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 sort of the the point at which I think I feel it's worth it changes the lighter down the scale you end up going. Um, but it's not to say that aluminium road bikes are, are, are bad or the same with like gravel bikes and and XC bikes at all. You know, like the Speciale Sprint is like a real like a, a classic privateer's race bike because it's so 
it's so good, but it's still an alloy bike. Same as the Specialized Chisel, to be fair. Yeah, a great bike. It's a great cross-country hardtail, yeah. It, it's actually, all this ties into the, the podcast we did probably 18 months ago on about carbon wheels and how I, maybe I just hate carbon. I don't know. But I said in that podcast that I, again, I can't, <laughs> I can't see the point. Can't see the point in carbon wheels. And it's, um, yeah, maybe it's just me. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, anyway, I guess speaking <laughs> <Rob>. pointless. <laughs> Uh, we come nicely onto mine, 35 mil handlebars. And then I'm referring to the, the bar clamp diameter there. So I think it's fair to say we all got totally used to 31.8 and had no real issues with them. A decent amount of flex compliance, um, stiffness, weight, everything was really well balanced. And then I'm not totally sure why, but a wider diameter bar was introduced, which on the whole gives you some marginal sort of weight savings. I don't think every single one will, but comparatively speaking from the ones we've looked at, potentially there's a slight saving. Um, and the idea is a bit of weight saved and a stiffer handlebar. Um, so where I guess it gets a little bit sticky for me is that I'm not too bothered about saving weight on my handlebars of all places. Um, I'd kind of just want them to be fairly strong. Luke's was, watched me snap a pair of bars. That's <laughs> it was quite hilarious. It was fun. It was <laughs> funny for me. It yeah, was good. At the bottom of a uh, Leger downhill track, just snap a pair of handlebars and just go straight down into the lift station flat out. <laughs> not, not. Can I? Can I add some context <laughs> to this? <laughs> so there was a, there was a, there was like. There was a hip step down towards the end on the Montcherie side and I jumped it, landed, my bar snapped and where I landed, I, I let go, dropped them. So I was holding on to one side and then I was trying to quickly work out whether I should try and reach them as they were like ting, 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 ting through my spokes and my front wheel uh, and potentially get my hand stuck in there. And then when I looked up, I decided, no, I probably shouldn't do that. I need to work out whether... I should just ride head on into the tourists that had just got on a, a coach and were queuing up to get up the lift station or divert and go somewhere else. And so I decided to divert and go somewhere else. And, and I only had a back brake to try and slow down. So I did my very best. And basically what I had to do is unclip and ride towards the wall of the lift station, <laughs> at which point I tried to eject from the bike in an comedy sort of fashion, splatted against the wall. <laughs> And then I had to ride all the way back to Morzine, which is, it's not miles, but it's far enough <laughs> with only half a handlebar. <laughs> Having hit a wall. It was funny, like, watching um, it from behind, just, obviously I didn't see the handlebar snap. I was just like, what is he doing? <laughs> Why is he going so fast to the lift station? Like, he really wants another run. Like, and then just, whack, straight into the wall. And I was like, for a few minutes, I was like, oh no, that's gone bad. Then when we found out it was all right, we could just laugh at it again. But it was, uh, oh, it was hilarious. But yeah, I can understand. Yeah. No one wants to snap a handlebar. But anyway, my, my point there is that I just want a strong pair of handlebars, right? I, I probably should have replaced those um, before, maybe. I think I probably had a few years out of those riding downhill. Not the best idea. But then the other thing, as I mentioned, stiffness. I don't want my handlebars to be stiffer. I, I want a bit of uh, flex and compliance and comfort. I don't want it to be... Um, shaking me rigid every time I hit a rough section and um, rattling my teeth out. It, 
it is really quite unpleasant. And I think I remember getting the first set of 35 mil bars and, you know, as we're supposed to do, try and be open-minded and stick them on a bike. Obviously you have to change the stem, go out riding. And it was like I'd added hmm. five PSI to my front tire or I'd upped the spring pressure in my fork. And I, and the first, first roll down through the trail, I, I sort of thought, oh, maybe, maybe I did pump up my tire a bit too much the other day. I'll, I'll check that. No, pressure's still the same. Sag's still the same on the fork. Almost the bars then. Swap the bars. There you go. Totally fine again. I, I don't want them stiffer. Why? And I mean, I know a lot of brands now are doing a great job of making 35 mil bars kind of feel like 31.8. Back to, you know, harking back to what they used to be like. So mm. my point is, why change it? If that's what you're trying to emulate, if it's going to be a case of saving just a, a, a few tens of grams, do, do we need to do it? I, I don't totally understand the benefit, unless one of you guys, maybe you could enlighten me. I got nothing. No, I'm, I'm empty. No, I, I run a 35 mil bar, but I, I make sure it's one of the comfort ones that have been designed to be comfortable. So I could just go to a 31.8. <laughs> so it's one of the one up ones, right? So they have. Yeah, I use the one up components of the overlies cross section. A, yeah, a so, different so shape. I. Yeah, a different yeah. shape to make it more flexible. Yeah, just kind of ironic, right? Right. So. I just don't understand. I, I, I don't understand how, you know, I'm all for innovation. I'm all for these things making life on the bike better, whether that's a big shift or a small shift or whatever it might be. But it kind of feels like this one sort of stagnated a little bit. And then we've actually reverted back to trying to create a feel of, that we used to have. You know, it's not like we go and try and make a suspension fork feel like a flex stem. That would be insane. But for whatever reason, we are we're going back and we're doing something that we kind of already perfected. It seems a very odd move. What about integrated Nightmare. stem bar combos where you? Uh, no thanks. No ditching those off, no. even though you could use fancy carbon to fine tune the the flex of everything. Yeah, but you can't use fancy carbon to change the roll on your bars then, can you? You have to use a hacksaw, then you realise, <laughs> oh, I've hacksawed the front of my bars, I can't attach it now. And however much duct tape you use, Luke, it <laughs> will very, not very, very compliant fix. there with a, bit of, with a bit of duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> very rolling. I've got to put them in my uh, forward BMX chopper position. So. <laughs> yes, yeah. You do look like you're about to put ET on a basket on the front of your bike and... Uh, race away from uh, the, whoever it is, the CIA, CIA trying to get your alien back. It's it, it does, <laughs> yeah. Luke's bars are so forward, it's brilliant. But that's a whole nother thing. Anyway, yeah, I think my my point is all for innovation, but I think this one is uh, it's fair to say that maybe missed the mark, and now we're reverting back to what we used to have. It's so uncontroversial crazy. that none of us have got anything other to say other than we totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we've all agreed with each other, haven't we? Yeah. Well, there you what's go. The idea, what's the ideal biker? Aluminium frame with strong tires, big And boots, an XT and shifter and a Dior rear mech. Yep. Exactly. Easy. There you go. And Luke will, Luke will give us a rundown on all the combos, brake <laughs> combos we can and can't have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a list. It's a short list of what you can't have. <laughs> There's actually there are more good brakes out there than bad brakes. I give you that, but I think uh, brakes should take higher priority in brands' budgets I, than drive chains. 
as should tyres. And I think brands should do absolute high-end top-spec aluminium bikes with all the factory and access and everything that they don't seem to do because they cut them off at mid-range. It'd be great, wouldn't it? It would be, it'd yeah, be great exactly. to have that as an option, wouldn't it? <clears throat> propane, go, go to propane for that. Hey? I think they're probably mm, the best Bird brand and Cotic. Uh, there are brands who do that, but Trek, Spech, come on. Give us yeah. the good stuff with an alloy frame. So there you go. If anyone's uh, if anyone's looking to employ Sorry, four four product managers with their opinions incredibly sorted for reasonable salaries, then slide into <laughs> our DMs. Day one, they just go. You do realise the reason we do this is because this costs this much. Therefore, we can't do it. Oh, don't do yeah, no. <laughs> I totally understand now. Yeah, I was just coming from a complete point of naivety. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> put the light tires on put those crappy brakes on yeah it has to be a carbon frame oh we've only got 35 more bars put oh XTR derailleurs no yes please <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah make it look fancy oh yeah <laughs> okay well I think with <laughs> what was that what was that leaving the room oh the morals oh yeah sorry I think we've uh, I think we've some I think we've made our points pretty loud and clear um, so we'll we'll wrap up there <laughs> loud uh, not necessarily clear <laughs> Maybe not so clear, yeah. but we will wrap up there. Um, so thanks, Al. Thanks, Rob. Uh, and thanks, Luke. And if you've got any comments on what we've said, do email us. It's podcast at bikeradar.com. <laughs> um, and otherwise, don't forget to subscribe, share, like, uh, and keep enjoying the podcast. All right. Well, thanks ever so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 